Kia ora everybody, welcome. Um, my name is uh, Andre, my wife Hannah and I, we uh, lead Cornerstone Church. So it is awesome to see you here this morning. If you're a guest, just want to say welcome. Um, we, we have a special week ahead of us and uh, I've been praying and thinking and prepping for this week and I, I had a, a word on my heart that I want to share for a little bit this morning. Then we're going to go into communion and we're going to do something a little bit with different. And what do I always say about different? Difference is okay. We're going to do things a little bit different um, during communion, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great week. Um, I just want to encourage you a few things. I want to clarify. There's a lot of like mis misnomers about, uh, fasting and praying. You know, it's like oh, I have to do this. You don't have to do that at all. What we've been encouraging you to do uh, over the last week or so is be thinking about what God is asking you to do. Uh, so it might be fasting food for the week. Uh, there are a, a number of us that are doing that. Uh, there, there's Some people are going to be fasting meals. Some people are going to do the Daniel fast. Some people are fasting social media. Uh, and if you are fasting social media, what we'll do is, uh, if you could just let me know, uh, and then what we'll do is, in addition to emails and other things, we'll send messages and text messages just with updates and that sort of stuff. Because I, I thought that. I was like, man, we're going to have a whole bunch of people off social media and no one will know what's going on uh, or on um, email and computers and stuff. So um, it's going to be a good week. So you can fast whatever way you would like to uh, in whatever fashion you would like to. But what fasting is, is it's about giving over and creating space for Jesus. Creating space. Now, I, I had the, the fun opportunity to share with a five-year-old what fasting is. So I told him, and he frowned, and he said, I don't want to do that. I said, no, I can, I can appreciate Dad doesn't particularly want to do this either, because Dad eats like six meals a day, and Dad has a very fast metabolism. Um, but I was explaining to him that it's basically when I, when I feel hungry, what I do is I, I think about God, and I'm saying to God, I said this to him around the dinner table, I say, God, you're so important to me, you're more important than food in my life. And Luca leans over to me, he's like, wow, that's really important. I was like, yes, yes it is. Um, so I encourage you to be thinking and praying about what God is calling you to do, whether it's social media or it's TV or it's something else, whatever it is. Um, I encourage you to be thinking about that. Cool. All right. This message I have on my heart um, is really around the why. Why are we doing this? You know, there's plenty of things we could be doing. This is a, quite a lot of effort and energy putting into this. And it's simply because we God is asking us and calling us to do it. Yes. But it's about connecting. It's about connecting with God. You know, I've been, I've been reflecting over the last little while about what I think is the biggest issue with the church. You know, the church, our church, other churches, the church, the Christian movement, if you will. And I think it's got a lot to do with apathy. Apathy. I think it's got a lot to do with being in a situation uh, in church where you've heard the gospel, you, you know things, you love Jesus, but you've been around it for a while, and you're just kind of existing. I don't know about you, but I have lived there for years, just existing to my faith. Um, and I, I love Jesus, and I come to church, and that's great, but I, but I don't have that hunger that I wanted, that first love. I, it says in Revelations, go back to the first love uh, to one of the churches. And there's this together that God is wanting for all of us. Wherever you are right now, here's the cool thing about this statement. You could always be closer. 
You can always be taking more steps. Uh, you could always be having a new revelation about who Jesus is. So um, what I'd like you to do is grab your phones, grab your Bibles, and get out to John 15 for me, please. John 15, verse 9. John 15. It's a famous piece of scripture, but I, I, God really put it on my heart as I was thinking about this this week. And it's a lot about relationship. It's a lot about togetherness. And what I want to talk about today is that there's this togetherness. There's like, oh, we're a part of this. But then there's this other thing. Then there's this together together. Then there's this, I am sold out. I am on fire. So um, John 15, it's talking about this relationship. It's talking about how we're together, but there's this together together. There is this intimacy When you met Jesus, you probably, you had this thing called a first love. You were excited, you were on fire. And I think that God is calling us back to that. Um, I remember back in two, we'll get to the the scripture, but in 2002, I'd been saved for about 12 months and I was down at Invercargill Christian Center. And uh, we were young adults and my uh, pastor at the time, the young adults pastor, Lyle Penasula, he was doing this thing called um, Soul Revolution. And he would, we would do this soul revolution night about once every six weeks. And he'd been praying for weeks and fasting for the soul revolution. And we had our first soul rev, and we had a bunch of people make decisions for Jesus. And it really shocked us. It was like, whoa, that's awesome. And then he was like, let's do another one in a month. We did another one, and awesome stuff happened. More people got saved. And it set off this excitement where we were like, let's be praying. So we had a prayer meeting. We would get together for connect group. When we were catching up, you know, like normal young adults, what do we do? We watch movies. I don't know, do fun things, uh, go bowling, talk about relationships. But every time we got the opportunity to meet together, we started praying together. And we started to see salvations. We started to see things happen, and, and it was well known within uh, the Southland area that um, ICC was going through a small kind of revival. And we started seeing, on a Sunday, we started seeing two people saved. Then we were believing for five, and we saw five people getting saved every single Sunday. Then eight people. And then we were believing for ten, and we started to see ten people meet Jesus every Sunday. And people were bringing their friends. It was amazing. When it came to the end of the year, uh, we went to the beach, um, O'Reilly Beach. Anyone been to O'Reilly Beach in Invercargill? It's awesome. You can drive on it. Um, and we were there uh, to see uh, the new year come in. And we were just all, there's about, I think, 11 of us. And we wrote, we just lined up. We had one of the cars stereo just blasting. And we just worshipped God the whole night uh, until the sun rose. And we bought in 20, uh, 2003 just praising Jesus. We were on fire and there was a togetherness. And I would just, not that God you know, wants to repeat that, but that idea that there is something that God is calling us to do. And there is something that he's got on your hearts burning, a hunger on you. Um, and sometimes we just need to kick start it. So John 15, if you're reading along, John 15 verse 5, I think my copy, my version is the ESV. But uh, read it along with me. I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word that I have spoken to you 
Uh, verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. There's a lot of information there and it's a big verse, but it's saying a couple of really simple things. Abide. The Greek word abide literally means be at home, be in your safe dwelling place. So when Jesus says abide, he says, you know, when, where, where do you go to sleep? In him. Where do you go to eat? In his presence. Where do you socialize? In his presence. When he says abide, he says, come into my space, come into my home. And it already, immediately, you go, that's much broader than what we sometimes do. Just attending church, just, just coming along, right? Abide in me. He's also saying that, he's drawing this very simple picture. If you're a first century uh, Jewish person, there were vineyards everywhere. There was wine presses everywhere because water was difficult and problematic to drink. Uh, they definitely did, but they had all sorts of different types of wine. And there would have been grapes everywhere. And so everybody would have been familiar with the story as soon as he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now there's a few things going on here. The first is, um, in the Old Testament, there's a whole lot of mention about vines being Israel. Now, in the Old Testament, I think it's in Deuteronomy and in Psalms, it says that Israel is the vine. And to be a part and to be in relationship with God, you have to be in part of the family, of the wider community, right? And so the vine was mentioned several times. So when you talk to a first century, first century Israelite, and you said about the vine, they were thinking that. They were thinking, yeah, you've got to be part of the Jewish family. You've got to be a Hebrew. You've got to be uh, circumcised. You've got to do this, 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 and this, right? And so much so that in uh, the, the temple, what they did is they, they had a, a golden vine around the front entrance. And that reminded everybody that if you're an Israelite, you are connected. So when Jesus made this statement, guys, I am the true vine, he was making a huge theological statement. He's saying, I'm the true vine. It's actually not Israel. It's actually not just being connected because your blood's connected. It's about relationship. It's no longer just about community. It's about relationship. You need to know me personally. Then you are connected. So when we read that, we go, cool. But actually, when it was written to its people, that would have made a lot of significance. That he's saying that I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the light. And so we must be connected to Jesus, right? We know this. But how do we get even more connected? How do we, how do we chase after that thing? Uh, here's this great quote that kind of answers it for us. It's uh, Smith Wigglesworth. The secret of spiritual success is a hunger that persists. It's an awful condition to be satisfied with one's spiritual um, attainments. God was and is looking for hungry, thirsty people. 
God is looking for hungry and thirsty people, hungry after him. You know what's, what else is interesting about that verse? Abide in me as I in you. It's an interesting way that Jesus put that. Why didn't he just say abide in me? But he says both. And I was thinking about this, and I, it reminded me of a, of a story, which is slightly embarrassing, and I haven't checked with Hannah, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, it's about an ex-girlfriend uh, from when I was in Invercargill days, so we're talking a long time ago, and her name was Hannah too, funny enough. Um, <laughs> awkward. Uh, but this girl, Hannah, she was really cool. I was very young, and I was just like, she's amazing. Um, and she was like, yeah, okay, let's date. And so we dated for four months. I think we saw each other three times in four months. We were in the same town. She hardly ever texted me back, hardly ever spoke to me on the phone, never told me when she was like going on a family holiday and disappeared for weeks at a time. And I was remembering that I felt like I was in a relationship, but she wasn't. Um, and it's a little bit like this, that we, when he says, abide in me, many of us, many Christians are saying, oh yeah, I abide in Jesus. I am a Christian. I, I belong to this faith and I love God and I go to church and I abide in him. But Jesus says something else. He says, and I abide in you. So yeah, you can, you can say, look, I'm a part of this Christian thing. But Jesus is saying, actually, I've got to be in you. You've got to welcome me into your heart and into your life. That's the proper relationship. It's two-way. Otherwise, you end up kind of like that relationship I had with Hannah Mark 1. <laughs> um, you know, just that there's just this distance. We're in a relationship, but there's nothing actually. We're, I'm not going to her for problems. She's not coming to me for problems. We're not seeking each other out. It's this kind of like, yeah, we are, but we're really, really not. And in the end, I broke up with her because I was like, this isn't even a relationship. She wasn't upset for some reason. <laughs> or wasn't surprised. Hunger. Can we say hunger? I don't know about you, but if you fast, I get hungry. Like I get stomach pains and I get this look. Hannah walks in and she's like, Ooh, I get this look. I get all pale and quivery. Hunger. And I think that the, 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 the step to being in that relationship, that, that, that closeness of abiding in, is found in hunger. What does it look like to be hungry for Jesus again? This coming week, I'm asking a whole lot of you, really, would you, would you give up stuff? Would you come and pray? Would you put stuff aside? Would you not meet in your connect groups and come to this? Would you meet crazy hours of the night and be praying for people you don't even know? Because you want to see God move. And here's the thing I've, I've found over the years about hunger. Sometimes you've got a hunger for hunger. You know, sometimes you've got to go, actually, I don't really feel that hungry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to chase after this stuff. But let me ask you this. Intellectually, just with your own human brain, if I said you could take a pill, the blue pill or the red pill, if you could take a pill and you would see miracles, you would see healing, you would be able to prophesy, you would see salvations, you would see people meeting Jesus on a regular basis, you would see uh, darkness broken in our community, you would see Christians going into their community and just being salt and light everywhere and just seeing families come back to Jesus, broken relationships. Honestly, who would take that pill if it was simple as taking the pill? I would. 
You know, I would want to chase after that. I want to see that stuff happen. So sometimes we've, it's an intellectual thing that we've got to do. We've got to ask ourselves, do I want to be hungry for the things of God? Well, yeah, but it's, it's costly. It's hard. Maybe the first step is just praying for hunger. And we're going to do that today, praying for a hunger uh, that when we come into this week, that we're going to hit the ground running, that we're going to be seeking God. We're going to see the things that we want to see. And on my heart, I had four big things that I felt like God was talking to me about that I think that we're going to see some breakthrough for. Oh, this is the other thing. There's a difference between appetite and hunger. You know, when you're just like, you're like, oh, yeah, someone's given me some cheese crackers or some carrot at a connect group, and you kind of nibble on it because it's there. But how many people have like worked all afternoon, they forgot, they missed lunch, and in the morning they were like feeding the kids, and they left, and they didn't feed themselves, and then you come home, and someone has cooked you a huge meal, anyone know that feeling? And you just look at that food, and that type of hunger. I think that's what God is calling us to. I think we need to be hungry for Jesus, be hungry for what he's got for us, because I know He's got breakthrough in your life. I know he's, there's addictions, there's pornography, there's alcohol, there's uh, inappropriate relationships that he wants to see broken off in your lives this week. He wants to see relationships restored. He wants to see you re- restore that relationship with your daughter, with your friend. He wants to see that. He wants to see you ignited and excited about the spiritual gifts he's given you. What would the church look like, the church, our church, look like? If we all just had an instant hunger, hunger for God. All right. I have four things that I felt like, there's many others, but I felt like there were four things that God was talking to me about that people kind of want to see happen this week. And again, if you, this is new to you and you didn't know about that, that's fine. What's something that you could even, perhaps you've just come to the prayer meeting. Perhaps you just go, every day, Lord, my wife and I, my husband and I, we're going, my flatmates and I, we're going to read a piece of scripture in the mornings and we're just going to, we're going to chase after, we want to hunger for who you are. Because here's the thing I've learned just before we get there. You can fill your stomach with the things that aren't of God. You know, what do, you, what do we get from God? We get salvation. We get relationship, comfort, protection. If you want to, you can find those things outside of God temporarily. I think there are many of us, myself included at times, that are full with the wrong things. And that we need to just push some of that stuff away and just let Jesus do his work in us. You know what I love about the word abide? What, do you, what, is the, what does the branch have to do to produce grapes, produce fruit? What does it have to do? Stay connected. It doesn't have to do, it doesn't have to strive, it doesn't have to push and push and push. It may sound like that's what I'm saying, I'm not. I'm saying let's abide in him, let's connect with him, let's have a hunger for him. Jesus says, and he says it to the lamb, I will come after you. I'll find the, you know, I'll go get the one from the 99. I will look after you. I will let you lay down. I will feed you. All we have to do is abide in him. In abidance, we find the key to growth, producing fruit. So these four things, salvations. Is salvation something that you want to see uh, in the next week? You want to see broken, uh, you want to see broken apart in our community is a greater spiritual hunger. Something that you're just like, you know what? I don't know about this, but I'm definitely keen to pray about it. 
If I, if I could take that pill and I would have a better and, uh, relationship with Jesus, I would take that. I, I kind of feel like there's that. It's not an instantaneous thing, and God might do it over time. But I do feel like if you pray for hunger, hunger will come, and he will feed you. The third one is intercession for family. Have you got family that have moved away from Jesus? Uh, family and friends. And then number four, personal breakthrough. So if we have some worship music, come on. Can we stand to our feet for a second, please? What I'd like you to do is put yourself into one of those categories today, if you could, if you will. Would you like to see in the Together Together series, in this, in this week of fasting and praying, would you like to see salvations? Do you want to see greater uh, spiritual hunger in your own life? Do you want to see family come back to Jesus? Or number four, you've got something that you need breakthrough with. Is it a job? Is it family? Is it addiction? Is it marriage? What is it you need? While the music plays, I want you to just take a moment and reflect on those four things. And if you've picked one, if one stands out for you, I want you to remember the number. Okay. If we could have the worship now, please. Can I ask the um, communion people to come out and uh, start handing out communion for me, please? nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive. Unless the Lord does raise Salvations, the greater vain, spiritual hunger, intercession for family, and personal breakthrough. You will have other things for sure. If we could hand those out to everybody. And can I get an indication of hands so we know what size group? What we're going to do is we're going to break you into groups. And we've got these people here. Once we do uh, communion, they want to pray for you. And if you're comfortable, they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to just quickly just pray a blessing on you that you would see what you want to see over the next week. And again, it's not too late. After communion, you know, that's when it starts, but you can come and go as you see, whatever you feel God is calling you to. So if you feel like you're, you're like, no, nah, salvation is something I want to see. I want to, be, I want to see people meet Jesus. Could you just raise your hand so I get an indicator of how many people are keen to pray for that? Could you do that now, please? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Cool, great. Number two, greater spiritual hunger. If that's something that you want some prayer for, can you put your hands up? I just want to get an idea so we can find out where to put you. 10, 15. Yep, great. Uh, intercessory for family. Praying for your family. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Great. And personal breakthrough. Stuff that you want to see broken through. Awesome. Okay, can I please have, um, once you've got your communion elements, can I please have number four in that corner? Who have we got in that one? Uh, Willie, Nikki, Ed, and Susie going to pray for you guys. Group number three, I'm going to have you in that corner. And group number two, I'm going to have you in this corner with uh, Justin, Lee, and Stefan. Uh, and then group number one, can I have you over here with Donnie and Warren? and others. Could you do that now and then I'm going to lead you through communion then they're going to pray for you. So get your communion elements and uh, we'll go from there. So was that four? Four, three, two, one over here. As you're feeling nervous right now, remember different is okay.
Salvation's in this corner. Greater spiritual hunger in this corner. Is it intercession for family and... Right, someone help me out, I can't see. That one, intercession for family down there. And personal breakthrough in this corner here. If you're a leader, um, uh, could you please disperse yourself amongst the group? Uh, yeah, that one, Whiteheads. Thank you very much. Mike and Ruth, I'll get you to pray someone in a group as well. Find some space. Uh, three is that one down there, I think, in the corner there. Awesome. We're going to have some worship music. How are we doing, team? We're good? Cool. Has everyone got their elements? Nice. Would you guys better bow your head, close your eyes, and hold your elements in your hands? Holy Spirit, we're reminded that it's not by our own strength, but just by your goodness and your grace. And as we look at these things over the next week, we want to do it continually, but over the next week, Lord, we want to see these things come to fruition in your name. So as we remember what you did on the cross by your redemptive acts in Calvary, we remember that we have life, we have freedom, we have abundance, we have the opportunity for breakthrough, either for us or for others. So Lord, as we remember that gift, Lord, we pray that we would use that gift wisely. And so right now, as we remember what you did for us, Lord, we take the elements, we take this juice, we take this wine right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we consecrate, as we as we start our fast, whatever that is, Lord, we do it right now and we take this bread as a recognition for the your body that was crushed for us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that there would be receptive hearts, that you would speak to people right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we, we pray for your Spirit to move in this place in Jesus' name. What's going to happen is the leaders are going to start laying hands on you. They might have a prophetic word. They're going to pray for you. And then in about three or four minutes, you can sing along to these words. You can just have your heads closed once you've been prayed for. In three or four minutes, we're going to come back together uh, and sit in the middle. Awesome. Start praying, leaders.